Chapter Sixteen of the Road to Mandalay. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. The Road to Mandalay by Betha Mary Crocker mr and mrs abel salter shaftu had been six weeks in rangoon and thanks to his chums was beginning to feel completely at home as is sometimes the case with adaptable young people in a strange and fascinating country his neighbors the salters who were hospitable and friendly had lent him a hand to find his bearings occasionally of an evening he and roscoe would stroll over there after dinner and sit in the deep veranda discussing many matters with the master of the house roscoe and salter were more nearly of an age and mutually interested in subjects that to shaftu seemed deadly dull and obscure he liked to hear about sport the country and the burmese to all such topics he was an eager and ready listener but when philosophy and sociology were on the tapis he would join mrs salter indoors to discuss the patty crop inspect her great rice bins and argue over prices and sales or he would listen to blood-curdling tales about gnats or house spirits related by his hostess in animated broken english and with appropriate gesticulations me lay had a high opinion of the young man and this was shared by her daughter for shaft as she called him helped her to fly her kite mended broken toys and brought her chocolates such as her soul loved during one of their prowling expeditions roscoe had imparted the life history of salter to his chum salter's forebears were yorkshire folk thrifty self-respecting stiff-backed nonconformists his father and grandfather belonged to what is called the old school when parents ruled their families with an iron rod and the meek downtrodden children accepted punishment without question salter's grandmother had dismissed grown-up sons from table and kept a rebellious daughter for weeks incarcerated in her room salter's father had inherited her stern spartan spirit he gave his heir a first-class education in the neighborhood of london and when he was twenty recalled him to bradford there to take his place in the works and live at home but salter jr having tasted the delights of liberty found home life unspeakably irksome the laws against drink dancing smoking and the theatre were draconic 
he hated the long chapel service on sunday the endless hymns and emotional exhortations the day concluded with family worship which lasted three quarters of an hour the young fellow dreaded the sabbath and rebelled against its gloomy comfortable middle-class home where he had no individuality no rights and no latch-key at last he broke loose the flesh and blood of twenty-two years old revolted at twelve o'clock one night he found himself locked out and as the first bold peal of the bell elicited no reply he never again applied for admittance but with four pounds in his pockets and a good saleable watch launched his little skiff upon the great wide world behold him now comfortably established in a foreign land occupying a responsible position in a well-known firm the husband of a clever thrifty woman who was actively engaged in building up his fortune after an interval of some years the salters at home discovered that their prodigal had undoubtedly killed and thriven on his own fatted calf the usual little bird had informed them that abel was much thought of and prosperous had a grand home in rangoon dozens of servants and was married friendly letters were dispatched for nothing succeeds like success and a brisk correspondence ensued information and photographs were promptly exchanged and the family received a nicely finished presentment of rosetta in her smartest and shortest frock they were much impressed by the grandchild born to them in burma and she was immediately installed in a handsome silver frame introduced to all their neighbors and to most of their chapel friends but what would have been the sensation of these worthy people if they had received a portrait of me they in full festival costume flowers in hair and white cheroot in hand on the subject of mrs abel salter there was but scanty information her old maid sisters-in-law were given to understand that she sent them her best good wishes she also forwarded silks and jars of burmese condiments but her husband declared that she was very lazy about letter writing and constitutionally shy her maiden name they were told had been mary Lee, and this information had sufficed besides having the entree to the salter's domestic circle shaftu had been elected a member of the gymkhana club where he made various new acquaintances and these increased in number as his prowess in tennis and cricket became evident then with the advice and indeed almost under the compulsion of fitzgerald he purchased a smart stud-bred mare 
certainly no longer in her first youth but sound and clever and full of go she was not called upon to shine on the race course but carried her master admirably in stationed paper chases on thursday afternoons by the mcnab this investment was looked upon with a dubious and unfavorable eye although he was aware that the price of moonshine had come out of a small nest egg which her owner had brought from home he pointed out the enormous price of graham or english oaks and he earnestly entreated shaftu not to be led into follies by other people meaning fitzgerald but to keep his head and go slow during this month of november shaftu had frequently come across his fellow-passengers in the blankshire even lady puffle had acknowledged his existence with a bow not once had he beheld the desire of his eyes miss lee she appeared to have vanished as completely as a summer mist and it was whispered had been swallowed up and submerged by the german colony mrs krause had vouchsafed no notice of his visit and card her niece was never to be seen either at the jim canna or on the lakes the principal meeting places for young and old more than once he imagined that he had caught sight of her in the cathedral at evening service but she looked so different in smart sunday clothes a feathered hat and gauzy gown that he might have been mistaken and he heard from mcnab the gossip of the chummery that Krauss had brought forward a remarkably pretty niece who had recently played in a concert at the german club and made a sensational success when shaftu rode in the mornings he eyed expectantly every passing or approaching habit but sophie lee was never among the early cavalcade for the excellent reason that she had no horse mrs gregory in spite of multifarious occupations as the firm's vice reign had by no means forgotten pretty miss lay nor her cousin's emphatic instructions the girl had failed to accompany her to the jim hannah dance her aunt was ill she had been unable to leave her a stereotyped excuse to every invitation the truth was that mrs krause after two or three social efforts culminating in a large dinner party to her german neighbors had collapsed with one of her worst attacks and between nursing her relative and housekeeping for herr krause who was shamelessly greedy and exacting sophie had not a moment to spare and the madras boy turned away all callers including mrs lee's friends with his mechanical parrot cry mrs can't see end of chapter sixteen